Psalm 71, verses 1 through 6. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge, to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Having three boys is such an exciting adventure in our home. I'm sure having three of any amount of kids is an exciting adventure, but boys in particular, they always seem to be making the game a little more dangerous, a little more exciting. You know, they're always adding some rule to something so that they can tackle somebody or get physical in some way. The other day, I came home and I was watching my three sons play outside, and um, the game looked something like this. One of my boys was on a skateboard. The other two were on bicycles. Now, they were all wearing helmets. That's good. But from as I watched through the window, it seemed the game was, if you're on a bicycle, your goal was to run over the brother that was on the skateboard. And if you did so successfully, then you got to be on the skateboard (laughs) while your brothers tried to run over you. As I watched this game take place, I turned to my wife, Susie, and I said, Susie, have you seen the game they're playing outside? I think they're trying to run over each other. And she says, totally straight-faced, oh, they've been playing that all day. It's their new favorite game. (laughs) Boys are just crazy. But that may just be me. I may bring the crazy. You know, our windowsills become rock climbing devices. Uh, Any wall in the house becomes a backboard for whatever ball they're holding, right? Boys are just boys sometimes. And maybe I started this in their lives. I remember when we were real little and the kids were real little and we would build with wooden blocks. Now, when I tell stories of wooden blocks, I admit I have this odd obsession with old wooden blocks. I love building blocks. I love the way they smell. I love the sound they make when they hit each other. I love uh, the, just everything about them. I actually like biting them too. Is that weird? I shouldn't have shared that part. <laughs> I just love wooden building blocks. And I love to build towers. But building towers wasn't exciting enough for me and my three boys. We needed to add some adventure to the game. So we created a new game. And the way we did is we'd separate the blocks into two piles and one team would sort of be on this side of the room building a block tower and one team would be on this side of the room building a block tower and then we'd take these small basketballs and once the towers were built, one at a time, we'd take turns trying to knock down the other person's tower. I now realize why my kids play with balls in the house. Anyway... We would knock down, and and you were successful when your opponent's tower was completely knocked down. Every block would be turned over. Then you were victorious. Well, I must say, it took many months before the kids could beat me, and I take great pride in that, (laughs) that my block tower was better than their block tower. But they soon learned, without me telling them, that the secret to a good block tower is that foundation. The secret is those first few blocks that you use. 
You can't build a strong tower on a triangular block. It doesn't work. You can't build a strong tower on a cylindrical block. Those don't work well either. If you want to build a mighty wooden block tower, you have to start with the big rectangular solid blocks. Every block tower needs a good foundation. It needs a good base. As we come to Psalm 71 this morning, a passage that we taught on and spoke about in VBS this week, I believe the psalmist is telling us that his life is a tower of faith, that his life, his faith is a tower, and at the base of that tower are three blocks, three very important blocks. And he wants all of us to know what those blocks are. His hope is that each of us will build a faith that is strong, is tall, can withstand the basketballs of life that get hurled at it, the pain, the upset, the sorrow, the distress, everything that comes to crash our tower of faith down. And the psalmist says, there are three blocks that I build with. And if you build with them, then you will have faith that is strong and courageous and is lasting. So as we come to Psalm 71 this morning, we're going to learn about building with blocks. Now there's different theories as to who exactly the writer of Psalm 71 is. There are clues hidden within the text. We can learn a little bit about the author. And so I invite you to open up your Bibles to turn with me to Psalm 71. There's Bibles in the seats in front of you. They may be way back there, so you may have to grab them. If you're sitting with your children or grandchildren, help them find Psalm 71. Help them follow along. But Psalm 71 appears to be written by a man of old age. He talks about gray hair, and although I'm sensitive to that myself, probably he's referencing his years in life. He talks about uh, not just his gray hair, but he says that he is of old age. So we know that our writer is probably a little older. We also know that our writer seems to be gifted musically. He talks about playing his harp, singing songs. It's very possible that our psalmist this morning is a member of the players, the musicians within the temple that played night and day hymns and praises to God. It's very possible that he was not only a skilled musician, but maybe he wrote psalms professionally. Maybe he was one of those Levites in the temple that was instructed to write musical worship songs for the community. As we read this, and as you read it in Hebrew, which we're not going to do, um, you'll see that this psalm is complex. It's heavy, it's dense, it has changes of meter and rhyme and all the things about a, a deep, well-written poem. It's a beautiful psalm, written most likely by an older man, a good musician who's well-known within the community. He references that people watch him, they notice him, they look to him. He's a man of great standing. Maybe some commentators have written. He's interested in what the next stage of life will bring. Musicians tended to play until they were around 55 in the temple. And then they would retire. 
Maybe he's wondering, what will the next chapters of my life look like? Or maybe he's an older man that's looking to finish well, to leave a legacy, to speak to the next generation, as he writes here in Psalm 71. So today, though, as we celebrate all these children and their young faith and their desire to know Jesus, as we celebrate students who are committing their lives to Jesus Christ, as we sit in a room filled with so many folks of different ages and backgrounds, we are excited this morning to learn about three blocks that have built this man's faith, whether we're starting our journey or whether we're 80 years in. The psalmist wants us to see and be encouraged and challenged to build our faith on these three blocks. Now, I'd like to read a few of these verses again. And since there are kids in the room, we'll make it a game because kids always do better when it's a game. So I'm watching my own boys. Let's see how we do over there. I'm going to read the first 14 verses of Psalm 71. And there's a word that repeats itself three times. Now, if you're like my oldest child, he'll be like, well, the word and was repeated more than three times. I know that. I'm not talking about words like and or but or in or the. I'm talking about an 11-letter word. Now, even Doug said last, after last sermon that as soon as I said 11-letter word, he stopped listening to me and he started looking for it in the text. You're not allowed to do that. Bad Doug. All right? I want to read these first 14 verses. And I want to see, and I'm going to ask the kids, no adults will answer. I want to ask the kids if they can catch the word, an 11-letter word that's used three times. And I believe that this word will help us find the three blocks of faith that our psalmist wants us to think about this morning, starting in verse 1. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Rescue me, incline your ear to me, save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O oh my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. For you, O oh Lord, are my hope, my trust. O oh Lord, from my youth upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been as a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. O oh God, be not far from me. O oh my God, make haste to help me. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed. With scorn and disgrace, may they be covered who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually, and will praise you yet more and more. What kid out there found the word that's repeated three times? Oh, look at those hands. I got one of the McKees with their hands up. What's the answer? Continually. All right. Sorry, my boys are going to be mad at me later for not calling on them. Hey, great job. 
Continually. Continually. Daily. Constantly. It's a word we find through Scripture. Constant. Continual. Daily. And I believe the psalmist is saying that the blocks in which his faith that has lasted is built on three things. Three things that he has done daily, continually, constantly. He has worked at it and he's inviting us to work at it too. And the first block of his faith is the block of refuge. He says it there in verse three. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. Words for refuge we find in scripture include fortress, stronghold, defense, castle, dwelling place, home, a place of rest, peace, and escape. The writer paints a small picture with his words. He says, a rock of refuge. Now, I like to think in pictures. I love to think through maybe this this artistic work that the psalmist is painting with his words. And I I read rock of refuge and I immediately think of a, a body of water with waves and wind and waves crashing and a man in the water gasping for breath trying to tread water but losing strength. And there is a rock and he makes his way to this rock and he drags himself on it, soaking wet, tired, exhausted. And there on the rock, he can take a breath. He can breathe deep. He can look at the waves and the crazy that is all around him. He can contemplate and sit and think through his next move. What is your rock of refuge? Some of us take refuge in silly ways. Uh, Some of us take refuge in great ways. Some of us take refuge in unhealthy ways. Some of us get in cars and just go for a long drive and hope that they can outrun their troubles. Some of us go for a run. That's a great healthy way maybe to deal with our, our troubles. But when we get back from our run, they're still there. I always used to take a nap. I thought, I'll just sleep and it'll be gone when I wake up. But I'd wake up and what was all right there? These days, I find myself going out to the chicken coop. There's something about tending to my ladies, I like to call them, my chickens, my hens. I like to go out there and throw them some cracked corn and look for eggs and make sure the fence is okay. And as I sit out by the chicken coop, I just, I breathe and I think and I wait and I wonder and I ask questions but the truth is sometimes I don't even want to take refuge sometimes I just want to be in the waves in the chaos in the turmoil maybe I get off the phone with a family member and I'm frustrated maybe I've created the frustration maybe they've created the frustration but Susie will look at me how'd that telephone call go awful I'm mad Well, let's think of their perspective. I don't want to think of their perspective. I just want to be mad. Have you ever said that? I just want to be angry. I just want to be upset. Don't try to take me out of these waters right now. I just want to be, well, I just want to be not rescued. I just want to be left in this. The psalmist says that's not a good choice either. No, the psalmist says continually, daily, Constantly, I take refuge in God. 
we take refuge in Christ. And in the midst of our turmoil, if we sit with Jesus and his word and we ask him to speak into our lives and to speak into the chaos, and if we rest and breathe and read his word, then he tells us how to get back in the waters and survive and live and breathe even in the midst of the difficulty. Taking refuge builds a faith tower, a block tower that is strong and stands tall. And the psalmist says, continually seek refuge in Christ. The psalmist continues and he tells us the second block of his tower. And in verse six, he says, my praise is continually of you. When everything falls apart, when you've had an awful day and then you spill coffee on yourself or you get a call from the mechanic, I brought my car to the mechanic um, this week to have them, uh, my inspection was, well, it wasn't expired yet, which is a big growth point for me. It was going to expire. So I needed my car inspected and I thought this will be cheap and easy. And I got that phone call from a mechanic that I trust very, very much. And he said, it's gonna be about 600 bucks. And I thought the first thing on my lips was not a good thing. But the psalmist says we continually praise. Look at verse eight. My mouth is filled with your praise. Verse 15, my mouth will tell of your righteousness. Verse 23, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. That in the midst of the basketballs being thrown at our tower of faith, in the midst of the pain and the suffering and the unexpected that comes, the psalmist says we continually praise. It's the second block of his tower. And it served him well. And he suggests that it will serve us well also. The third block we find in verse 14 I will hope continually. I will hope continually. As I read this week and studied, I picked up a book that many of us on staff had read last year, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction by Eugene Peterson. And I remembered how he spoke of hope. And I want to read a few words. They'll come up on the screen. But he says this, Hoping is not dreaming. It is not spinning an illusion or fantasy to protect us from our boredom or our pain. It means a confident, alert expectation that God will do what he said he will do. It is imagination put in the harness of faith. It is a willingness to let God do it his way And in his time. I want to read one of those sentences again. It means a confident, alert expectation that God will do what he said he will do. Hope. A few weeks ago, I ran into a young woman in the main foyer. I've known her since she was a middle schooler. And she had always uh, dreamed of going into medicine 
And she had finally gotten into med school. It had been a long journey, lots of hours working as a scribe, lots of hours volunteering in health clinics, classes, degrees, and finally she was accepted into medical school. And in her first semester, she had health issues of her own, and she had to come home. As I talked to her in the foyer, I was watching her eyes and listening to her words, and I was amazed as this young woman spoke from her heart and from her soul, and she said, this was not the way I expected it to go. But she said, I believe that Jesus' plan for my life is better than mine. She had hope, a hope that had built from continually, constantly, daily, going to Christ as our refuge, going to Christ and praising him, going to Christ as our hope and yielding our dreams and our expectations to his good and perfect will for our lives. The psalmist tells us that these blocks build a tower of faith that is strong and lasting. A block of refuge, a block of praise, a block of hope. And together, years into his life, through trial and turmoil and difficulty, his faith stands strong. Now I told you as we began this study that Many read this psalm in its original language and they're impressed with its complexity. That there's something about this psalm that makes its readers do a lot of work. His form, his meter, his pentameter, the way he switches through things. It's difficult for an original reader to read it. It's easier for us in the English. But I'm drawn to poetry I'm drawn to poetry because it's not just words, it's form and shape. Poets like E.E. Cummings who write the words on the page in a way that paint a picture and add to the meaning of the text that they're writing, the artwork they're creating. And I wonder if the poet, if the psalmist made this text so difficult because he wanted us to learn something else. He didn't just want to share with us the three blocks of his faith, but he wanted to say, you know what? This psalm is hard to read. You know what? This psalm is hard to live out. That it takes discipline. It takes diligence. It takes a commitment to daily, constantly, continually go to Jesus for refuge. Praise Jesus for what he has done. And find our hope in him. I have had such an amazing week playing Ranger Rich at VBS. I have had so much fun dressing up in a costume and proclaiming Christ to a community of kids. But I have been even more encouraged that there would be so many in this community that would surround my children and proclaim that truth to them as well. And my hope for them is that their faith will be built with blocks of refuge and praise and hope. And that when my sons who are just young now, that when they grow up, their faith will be a strong tower in the community like our psalmist here in Psalm 71. What a glorious, wonderful lesson 
to learn from a man of great age and great skill. And may we leave here today encouraged and motivated and moved to seek Jesus for refuge, to praise him continually with our lips, and to know that our hope can be found in nowhere else but in him alone. Will you stand with me for the benediction? The psalmist writes in Psalm 71, So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come. May we build our towers of faith firmly rooted in the blocks of our salvation, and may we proclaim it to the generations around us so that they may know him and have life in him. Go in peace.